Welcome to this rebroadcast of Hope in the Night. We hope the content of this program will bring you biblical hope and practical help. Now here's Hope in the Night with June Hunt. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. Well, June, today we are observing Martin Luther King Jr. uh, holiday, and I know that uh, you are a fan of his. What what are your thoughts on that figure on this day? Mm -hmm. First of all, I, I don't ever say a person is a perfect person, meaning... Um, there are issues uh, that uh, needed to be overcome by Martin Luther King Jr. Um, but there were so many positives, and he was a leader for nonviolent protests. Um, and he wrote a letter. Well, I'll, let me just qualify that. In spite of being arrested almost 20 times and assaulted four times and his house being bombed, he organized groups, marches, campaigns to protest racial injustice. And one such protest resulted in one of America's most famous letters. It's Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from Birmingham jail. And in his cell, when he was jailed, he penned this famous letter in response to newspaper reports on the protest at that time. And by looking at his letter in light of God's Word, we can uncover many principles that help us address discrimination and unjust prejudice that uh, surfaces in our time. First, uh, he... He, and this quote, I think, is important. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Um, he, he basically said, confront injustice and prejudice everywhere. These are his words. I am in Birmingham because injustice is here. Just as the Apostle Paul left his little village of Tarsus and carried the gospel of Jesus Christ to practically every hamlet and city in the Greco-Roman world, I too am compelled to carry the gospel of freedom beyond my particular hometown. Well, the Bible says, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed. That's Isaiah 1. 17. I'm adding these scriptures. Second, he said, I cannot sit idly by in Atlanta and not be concerned about what happens in Birmingham. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Number three, state the truth about the current state of the situation. He wrote these words. There have been more unsolved bombings of Negro homes and churches in Birmingham than in any other city in this nation. These are hard 
brutal and unbelievable facts. Well, in the Bible we read um, in Zechariah 8, Speak the truth to each other and render true and sound judgment in your courts. Do not plot evil against each other and do not love to swear falsely. I hate all this, declares the Lord. That, again, is Zechariah 8. Now, recognize the difference between just and unjust. He wrote, There are two types of laws. There are just laws, and there are unjust laws. To put it in the terms of Thomas Aquinas, an unjust law is a human law, that is not rooted in eternal and natural law. Any law that uplifts human personality is just. Any law that degrades human personality is unjust. And I think about uh, this scripture in Psalm uh, 119. You are righteous, Lord, and your judgments are just. That's what the Bible says. And then, Recognize that prejudice behavior is sinful. It's, it's against the Word of God. He wrote, Segregation is not only politically, economically, and socially unsound, but it is morally wrong and sinful. And there are multiple passages I could read right now. One of them is James 2, verse 9. If you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. I think the point is, he wrote this letter, that, that I just mentioned five points, and there are, I've, in our keys, we have keys on prejudice. I have 15 points from his letter from the Birmingham jail. And I think the important thing here is he did bring truth from the Word of God, from the Bible, and he quoted the Bible and knew it was literally um, God's Word that he was presenting. And the important thing is not returning evil for evil. And unlike what has taken place uh, in recent history, I think the important thing is taking that nonviolent stand so that we're doing what is right in God's sight. It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our keys for living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night, a ministry of hope for the heart. And we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of our ministry. If you would like to get information there about the topic that June was just speaking about, you can go to our website or you can call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And you might ask them about the keys for living on prejudice called How to Be a Barrier Breaker. And uh, they can be reached at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Also, you can can go to the website at hopefortheheart.org slash store and find that information or any other of our keys for living or titles that might help you to work through a a situation you're in in your life. Again, customer support is at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Let me tell you about a series that is ongoing now, and uh, it is a uh, series on how to handle your emotions. June is teaching this each Sunday night, uh, 5.30 to 7 p.m., and it is at First Baptist Church in Dallas, but there is a Zoom option available as well. If you'd like to attend that way, you can go and just go to our website at hopefortheheart.org slash events and find the information there. You know, because everyone has emotions, but at times we don't know what to do with them. And uh, for certain, no one wants to have emotions that are out of control. Coming up next week on this uh, coming Sunday is the topic of fear called No Longer Afraid. Again, go to our website at hopefortheheart.org slash events and find all the details. Well, let's get to our caller for tonight. And this evening, we welcome back to the program, Violet. Well, welcome back, Violet. It's so good to have you with us again. Well, hello, Miss June. How are you this evening? Well, I'm blessed to talk with you. Well, um, and I is well with you. Well, thank you. Uh, the last time I know we were talking about a very sen- uh, tender topic uh, to you. And um, initially, though, when you called, um, you made a number of comments about... Um, um, th- things being difficult, and you you had mentioned about you had had anorexia, um, and you know now you were you were talking about emotional eating, but we we talked about that, but then we moved into some very significant topics of you know suicide and 
what, what, what happens with someone after suicide. And so yes. we, th- that's where we uh, ended. And I know you're wanting to move to a different topic. And so why don't you describe what you're thinking about right now? Well, I um, have had a rough patch this past week, week and a half, and I have actually coped with it with overeating. Um, A dear friend of mine passed away. Um, She was uh, a neighbor, um, and she lived in the apartment building where I live, and she lived just upstairs. And um, she um, took me under her wing Mm. and um, just really helped me a lot with getting settled here, settled into teaching, um, took me to church with her, um, helped me get settled in church, um, and and was just a a very... um, Mm strong woman of, of faith. She's about mm-hmm. 30, 30 years older than, than I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, I called her my mom away from mom. Oh, how <laughs> and, special. Yeah, and um, my my parents um, had met her and, and became close with her. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> it mm-hmm. um, made them feel better to know Yes. I had someone close by that could help. And um, so, you know, she was just a very, very special person. And, um, uh, yeah, she passed away recently, and she was 99 years old. Wow. And What a, um, what she, a legacy. I know, right? And... Mm-hmm. She, she would have been a hundred years old mm. um, in January, and I I just it kind of broadsided me, it, it, you know. Even though you know when a person gets to be that age, you know you, you just never know. But when it happens, you're never ready. So mm. I guess I have just felt this feeling of abandonment, um, you know, like I'm continually losing people, and, um, you know, I, I asked God in my prayers this week, why are you leaving me alone, you know, why are you leaving me alone, why, why are you taking everybody away, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just similar feelings to my grandpa's suicide and, and mm-hmm. my mother's Alzheimer's, it, you know, yet another loss. And so I've responded to it um, basically by nibbling. And mm-hmm. um, I do that quite a bit. And I, I really have worked on not doing that and I haven't been too successful but it's like when I'm lonely, when I'm sad, when my fibromyalgia is acting up um, 
you know, things things of that nature. Um, it's it's kind of a, a, a comforting thing. I I read in those um, materials that you sent me. I guess I had always equated binge eating and emotional eating as the same, and that is not the case. So <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. guess I would definitely class myself as, as an emotional eater. Now, that's a shift from when I was in college and was in the hospital for my depression. They were also treating me for anorexia. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 75 pounds when um, I went into the hospital. Wow. How tall are you? Uh, I'm five foot eight. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. wow. Five foot eight. And you said you were 70 what pounds? I was 75 pounds. 75. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's so, when you can have heart trouble and... Um, Heart, you know, cardiac arrest, and yes, and but and a lot of people don't know that. Um, I, I know you've, I know you know more than a lot of people about anorexia, but it's well, like initially, uh, it was Karen Carpenter who made the word anorexia known. Here she yes. was, uh, undoubtedly uh, the top um, female singer and the carpenters she and her brother and they had this these wonderful songs and yet she became skin and bones and uh but people didn't you know they didn't think about that from an entertainer entertainers many times are very slender and um they they need to be they think because of their craft and um it really uh, was astonishing because because then there were many who likewise were anorexic, but people didn't know what that looked like or they, they didn't attach it to um, a, a personality or anything until she came along. And then later, Princess Diana had a different eating disorder, which was bulimia. And it would be she would eat, but because of the pain in her life, um, she, you know, she felt totally out of control. Here, her husband is involved with someone else. Here, she is, the princess, the, the most beloved, you know, royalty. Uh, and yet, uh, uh, then she was candid about the bulimia, which meant she would eat, but then. She would eliminate it. Um, there are different, all kinds of different ways to eliminate um, regurgitating food, and but it's incredibly uh, hard on the physical body. And you know, so she made popular, if you will, and she did that to help people, which was pretty amazing. Um, yes, yeah. I, I really respected what she did. And um, no one wants to be anorexic. No one wants, I mean, they don't, it's like, well, oh, I think I want to be, you know, yeah, I think, think I'll, you know, it, it's kind of like, well, I'll choose vanilla or, or, I, or I like purple or pink or 
you know, teal. I like teal. This is not the same. It's control that is out of control. Control that is out of control. In other words, Karen Carpenter felt out of control. If she had to be performing all the time in a certain way, she just... And and it... And and, and her using her words and biographies on her, you learned this. And Princess Diana felt out of control. Now they dealt with it differently. Um, And, you know, when I did the... I, we call them keys. These are keys for living or biblical counseling keys. Um, there are some people who have orthorexia, um, and that's referring to a fixation on eating only these foods because everything else is bad. And oh. so it, whether it's, um, and I'm saying this because I just wonder where you like, where you I mean, I know you use the word anorexia, but for some, it's like, well, you mustn't have anything that contains certain fats or preservatives or uh, additives or animal products or, you know, in other words, it's a certain category. And it becomes very um, obsessive. Orthorexics become obsessed with eating to improve their health and are consumed with what, exactly what, exactly how much they eat, uh, preparation of what they eat, or spiritual connotations of what they eat, and the consequences for violating the rules of what they eat. But it's typically geared to improve health or treat a chronic illness, certainly to appear thin, and sometimes to find spirituality through eating just certain things or or to please God. There's a... I had, had a niece. Oh, no, I mean, sorry. My, my niece had a, a, a relative, a friend, so distant. And, 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 and she said she was told by God not to eat. And she had... She'd gotten down to 73 pounds. And she was a counselor at a children's home. Obviously, she couldn't continue. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as grief and loss, abuse and trauma, depression and suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. 
Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get back to our caller in a moment. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central, and they'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. We have keys for living on overeating called Freedom from Food Fixation. And that's available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. They might uh, point you to the uh, keys for living there and be able to get those into your hands pretty quickly if you just order directly from them, or you can maybe find a resource online that's a free resource there on our website, and customer support will be able to help you with that and find the best information for you. Again, their number, 800-488-HOPE. If you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life, on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, give us a call at 800-917, and that's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7, all spelled out. And when you call, what happens is uh, you'll just uh, leave a detailed message for us. We'll get back to you as soon as possible to talk to you about what questions you might have, what insights you would like to, to understand in your life, how God sees your situation, and get that counsel from June with biblical hope and practical help. And uh, we'd, we'd love to get back to you to talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That number again, 800 800-644-4817. Uh, maybe you have a question for us, though, that uh, you think is not big enough or you are not ready to be on a live program. Send the email question to askjune at hopefortheheart.org, and maybe we'll use your question on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's askjune at hopefortheheart.org. Let's return now to our conversation with Violet. Well, my friend, the reason that I even mentioned about anorexia, bulimia, orthorexia, um, what I, I wanted to, and because I know you have said, well, now you are overeating, um, and yet you did describe that, you know, yes, being an emotional eater, but that you got down to 75 pounds, yet your height is 5'8", and um, I know that would be considered very unhealthy, meaning it could be eventually life-threatening. So um, what was it before? 
I mean, we're talking about going back as far as when you know you were um, having the, the struggle, as you said, with anorexia, um, or or if it was more like orthorexia. But it, the issue is, um, how old were you when that first started? Oh, I was 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was in college. Mm-hmm. Um Quite a bit was going on. I mean, my my mother had been diagnosed um, with early onset Alzheimer's my freshman mm-hmm. year. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. She was she was fifty five years old at the time, and um, you know, I I was determined to get through college. I I was the first um, in my family. To, to go to college, uh, so I was first-generation college student, yes. and, you know, I I just worked really hard, um, probably overworked maybe with my studies, and then um, my parents couldn't financially support me, you know, because of my mom's illness. Yes. And, um, but I had all the emotional support in the world, but I was working a couple of jobs, you know, every semester I had one on campus and one off campus and, Mm. um, you know, um, Dean's list, you know, I, I wouldn't settle for anything less than that. And, you know, I, I think I just worked myself into a frazzle, um, quite honestly, and um, I was so busy, um, I didn't really process my mom's illness um, and the law, you know, the loss of the the person who I knew as my mother, you you know what I mean? Yes, yes. She she was different once Alzheimer's took hold. (laughs) Yes, yes. And... um, so, um, you know, I, I don't think I really processed that until after she passed away. She passed away in 2011, mm-hmm. um, you know, but my father was taking care of her all that time. Um, my brother and I were doing what we could to help him. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it was just a lot for mm-hmm. um Again, a young age. Um, so you know, just 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 a lot of hard work, I think, and I probably just worked too hard. Mm-hmm. You can neglect what is really best for you when you feel compelled, because there's so many forces that were going on um, for you to have education. Your you know, college is not a snap. Well, at least most are not. And um, and then, then on top of that, two jobs. Um, yes. And the loss of the mother that you knew, because when that when that disease takes over, um, there's there's no question. It's it's not the mom you knew, and right. can't be. It's not her fault. Um, right. But uh, 
still, it's a it's a huge loss, and yet you were trying to cope, even to help with the family, um, as you said, you and your brother. So, um, and therefore, it sounds like you were. Um, well, was this a particular a decision of I I don't want to? Is it gain weight or because usually there's a, a visual that you look in the mirror, you see one thing. Anybody else looking at you would not see you as you're seeing you. Yeah, I I guess I've I've just always had this feeling like I'm not quite, you know, and I'm I'm not quite good enough. Hmm. You know, and where do you think that came from? You know, I I really have no idea. <laughs> I. Hmm. I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, my folks um, were, you know, the most loving parents a, a child could ask for. Mm. Um, you know, just were a really, really tight family. And, you know, I, I've tried to pinpoint that. I, I thought about that often. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I honestly, you know, don't have an answer for that. I, I tried to figure it out myself. Mm-hmm. I remember one um, young woman, she was uh, in her 30s and was continuing to be anorexic. And, and she told me, well, one day my dad said, you better, better be careful because you could be gaining weight. And she had, she was 12 years old. And it was just that one comment. And he was a Christian, um, conscientious Christian uh, father who was a lawyer. And and then later when he found out there was that one statement, he felt horrible because that's not what he meant. But it was interpreted that she better be, you know, that she was possibly overweight and she wasn't and um it it, um it consumed her for years and years and so so it can be just a statement that somebody made along the way that it's like oh i've got i've got to watch it and it when taken to an extreme um it becomes very unhealthy and again can be life-threatening so well, I I can remember growing up, you know, and and going to school. Um, I, I mean, I, I I was well liked. I feel, you know, mm-hmm. no nobody gave me a hard time, but um, I guess I just didn't feel as good as the other girls in school, or or the more popular. Girls, um, my my family was a very modest means. Um, we lived out in the country on the family farm, and um, you know my parents um, got married older. You know when they were older um, mm-hmm. in life, um, my mom was in her early forties. 
Um, my dad was in his, I think he was like 39. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I just felt a little bit different. Different. Mm-hmm. And did and, you think um, that the, that the lesser, you know, being thinner was better, more attractive? Possibly, you know, I mean, um, you know, you know, looking good in your jeans, you know, and, and mm-hmm. all of, all of that type of stuff. Of course, now that I'm older, I kind of look back on it and it's like, sheesh, I expended a lot of energy <laughs> worrying mm-hmm. about, you know, something kind of trivial, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, e- even then, you know, my mother bought our school clothes from, you know, like Montgomery Wards and um, Sears and, and places like that. And, and the other girls in my class, their, their mothers shopped at more expensive stores, you know. Mm-hmm. We, we just couldn't afford that, well, you know. Good. And, uh, I mean, I mean uh, it's just, wow, it's, it's so, you know, <laughs> The young heart is very tender and can be um, influenced in a painful way because the issue isn't the clothes. And I, I think you know that now. Yes. But, but you don't know that. I, I often quote a statistic, and that is the brain doesn't fully develop until age 25 to 28. And so it, at times we can prioritize when we're younger, what God does not prioritize at all, but we're not able to see how he is seeing us unless we're more and more spiritually mature. So just want you to think about, is there any connection of dealing with food? Like I know you're saying, well, now you're overeating, but is there any connection uh, at all? And you may say, no, you don't see it, that's fine. But is there any connection with the past and how you felt then as to what you were, you're talking about now? Here's this very, very special woman. It's like a surrogate mom. I love that way, way you described it. My mom away from mom. (laughs) At 99, she went to be with the Lord. But you said you felt abandoned. Why is God taking everyone away from me? It's been 20 years since June Hunt was first called into international ministry through the translating of our keys for living into the Russian language. The Lord has refined our focus in recent years to partnership with ministry leaders in key global regions whose reach is expanding to international training events, radio programming, and impact across borders that only indigenous leaders could cross. God is multiplying hope through the translated Keys for Living and the globally relevant counseling model of June Hunt that you have come to understand as a valued listener of Hope in the Night. 
When you support our Hope for the Heart international ministry, you give directly to men and women who are giving their lives to equip and empower the church in their regions for the Lord's kingdom. Come with us around the world to share the hope of Christ. Visit us online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash international. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God himself, and he's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We are a ministry of hope for the heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We exist because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of this ministry, and we thank you for that. If you have questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living to help you address what's going on in your life. Just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They can help you access the right resources. Our keys for living on overeating are called Freedom from Food Fixation. That and many other uh, titles are available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. Also, if you'd like more materials there, check out the website at hopefortheheart.org slash store. You can find our new updated keys for living that are being that uh, are being added to monthly. We're always updating those. They're not, um, you know, 20, 30-year-old information, but we're uh, making those fresh, and uh, those are available at the website. Also, our Lifeline to Hope online training, and you can find it all there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Hope you'll go there and spend some time and find some information that's helpful to you. Returning now to our conversation with Violet. Well, Violet, I'll just mention, um, if I were to take all of our topics, which at one time I used to do when I'd be speaking someplace, and we would have almost a hundred topics, and uh, sometimes a hundred, and always in the top five of what would be purchased by the people who would come to these conferences in the top five, probably around number five, would be overeating. And, uh, it, but I, I wasn't speaking on that. I never spoke on that topic, I mean, except when I did a biblical counseling intensive. But um, this is not an unusual area for people to move into and, um, just knowing that they're that they when when it's like I I don't want to be doing this but I keep doing it so why is it? But I just wanted to ask: Was there any connection that you could see from your 
the eating disorders that you were struggling with um, when you were much younger, again, anorexia is very significant and uh, very life-threatening when it's continual. Um, meanwhile, the person who is um, dealing with overeating, it's, I can't sustain enough willpower to resist the foods that give me pleasure. The, of course, th the truth is, the issue is not the power of your will, but the power of your God, because he will fulfill the deepest inner needs that we all have if we allow him to. And when we have Christ living in us, he's able to change a fixation on food to faith. And that is allowing him to literally be our guide, to uh, be our, to, to literally be the most important in our lives. So we are guided by him. We are led by him in all we do and changed by him. So is there a connection from the past that you know that you you are aware of to the as you said, your your overeating today, the emotional eating today? Well I one thing I, I always go back to is this notion of sitting in, you know, not feeling like I'm sitting in because um, I'll be 59 this fall, mm -hmm. um, still a single gal, and mm -hmm. um, I, I started having battles with... Um, the, the overeating aspect, now I'm too heavy when I had to have a total hysterectomy in, in 2012. Mm -hmm. um, there was a cancer concern, and I got a second opinion, and yes, this is a course of action that everything mm -hmm. um, be removed. And um, one thing I had always hoped for is to have a family one day. Mm -hmm. And so when I was told that this hysterectomy was necessary, um, you know how doctors are. My, my OB doc, you know, told me rather matter-of-factly. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sitting there on her table mm -hmm. trying to wrap my head around it and I start to cry. Mm. And and it's like I was grieving the children I was never going to get to have. Mm -hmm. And um, my doctor was sitting at her desk. I remember it was across the room. And, and I'm just sitting on her table sobbing. And she turned and looked at me. And she took off her glasses and laid her pencil down. And she said, what is wrong? And... And so we, you know, talked for for a couple hours. I I looked at her and I said, I I just feel sad, you know. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. you know, even though I haven't had a baby, I feel like I've lost a baby. 
Yes. And and so consequently, you know, um, my friends, you know, who are around the age that I am, most of them, are, you know, have had their kids and now they have grandkids. And, you know, here I am still alone. Back to that feeling of a, feelings of abandonment, you know. So, so now at this age, my weight has gone the other direction. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, my doctor's telling me to lose weight for the sake of my blood pressure and you know the the things that that go along with that that I've got going on that could be improved by losing some weight. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it's a lot harder than than when you're younger. Um, I guess one thing I I was thinking about as you were talking about um, the other uh, the the orthorexic mm-hmm. because yes. now I'm having to think about what I eat, how much, um, you know, certain things, watch the salts. Um, could a person have a, a couple of these things swirling around at the same time? Well, there's no question that you can be, especially depending on what other people are saying to you and how influential they are, where there can be certain things. It, it's like, oh, I can't touch that. I can't ever have, you know, that must never be on my lips or whatever. And it's like there's a rigidity. With orthorexia, it's more of a, it's like a really rigid as opposed to, well, okay, but when I'm over here, if I'm with in this situation, I, I don't have to be watching everything I eat. Um, I think there, there, there's a healthy balance, and that's sort of what you're asking about. And... Um, I, I will do this. Let me. I'm going to send you what we call our keys, keys unlock doors. So they're written keys uh, on um, overeating, freedom from food fixation. And oh, that would be awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you'll you'll really like this because it's so practical. It's all kinds of things that make you aware, but it's not. In fact, some people are not aware of certain aspects of certain kinds of food, but the issue is i'm gonna i'm i'm going i'm gonna tell you how the keys end um because this is this is gonna be important okay and I call it um uh, it, like how how to see that success is just a choice away and then um here is my daily choices for change. So this would be something you could apply. Decide each day to accept a challenge to change. Accept the the, the challenge to make these daily choices, realizing success is just a choice away. I often say, by the way, life is a series of choices. That's a phrase I've I've used um, over and over. Okay, life is a series of choices. Therefore, I choose to give control of my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I choose to change my eating through the power of Christ within me. By the way, is Jesus all-powerful? Absolutely. Okay. So when you, when you receive him as your personal Lord and Savior, the Bible says it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So with him on the inside of you, that's why you say, I choose to change my eating. In other words, if you, you, you're going talk, talking about just nibbling, nibbling when you're sad and etc. Okay. So you change through not your power, but his power, through the power of Christ within me. I choose to live to please God, not to please my appetite. I choose to make wise decisions when tempted to eat unwisely. I choose to make right choices when tempted to eat excessively. I choose to glorify God with how I treat my body. I choose to focus not on food, but on faithfulness to the Lord in my life. I choose to let God be my God, not to let food be my God. Although I've failed in the past, with God's help, I don't have to fail in the future. Psalm 73, verse 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So it's not just focusing on, well, I need, by the way, okay, I eat high-protein, low-carb. That's just what I've done for a number of years. I need to do that Mm -hmm. because I had cancer uh, and uh, I uh, have to be on certain medication all the time. And right. it does not help me. I mean, I, I, others can eat a lot more, and I can't. I, or else I'm going to be hippo hunt trying to walk through the door, you know. Uh, and uh, But I, I know the struggle. But I've learned that to have protein, high protein, will help me not feel hungry. And so there are things that I have done that I feel most comfortable doing and um, always, and there, there are little tricks of the trade that you'll see here, it's tricks of the trade, just some, just this. You need to have something that you can turn to and eat. But it, it, you know, I don't have my favorite things. I don't have Cheetos anywhere in my house. I can't. I, I love Cheetos. I, I love payday candy bars. I love anything that has nuts and sweet. I, I can't have that. So I don't even have them here. And so I know what not to stock, even though I'll have other people at times in my home. But I can't. I, 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 I just know if I, as long as I can have what is healthy for me, then I can be uh, doing what God wants me to do. And uh, I know this will be a help to you. And He is your Redeemer. We will send our Keys for Living called Overeating Freedom from Food Fixation. And we also have Anorexia and Bulimia Control. That's out of control. We'll send those to tonight's caller. And we do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. 
You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. The preceding program was pre-recorded.